Come on, Good News Church. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now say this. God. Yeah, a couple of you. God. You're not waiting for me. Oh, you're not. Oh, no, that's bad. That's wrong. I got it backwards. See, you shouldn't do this unless you got to figure out. So, God, I'm not waiting for you. You're waiting for me. Amen. How many of us miss what God has for us, our destiny and our purpose in life? Because we sit around thinking, God, we're waiting for you to do something. All along, he's saying, I'm waiting for you to do something. That's what Amy experienced. And praise God, 2% of deaf people in the world know the name of Jesus. Say relational God. That's who he is. He is relational and he wants everyone to know him. So we celebrate what God is doing through Amy. And she's here in every third service so faithfully. So praise the Lord. Well, good news, church. Good morning. So I am Pastor Raphael, and I'm one of the pastors here at Good News. And as many of you know, uh, most of you know, I have been serving as our interim lead pastor for the last little bit over four months now. So before that, I, w- I, am, I was the uh, executive pastor here for a little bit over three years. And so when Pastor Walt heard from God and he felt that the Spirit was leading him to resign his position here because the Lord said your time as lead pastor here is over. Then the board of deacons, our board of deacons, reached out to my wife, Victoria, and I, and they asked us to to think and pray about being interim lead pastor here. So through much prayer and fasting and (laughs) discussion, you know, we said, okay, let's do this. Let's embark on this journey. The reasons for doing so were threefold. Number one, we really felt like this is what God wanted us to do. We heard from the Lord and we said, okay, God, we're saying yes. And the other reason was because we love you. We love this family. We, we got married here at Good News Church and our kids have grown up here. We love you and we love our team. You know, I have a close relationship with, with our team and, and we, you know, I'm very aware of what's going on in, in their lives and in, in ministry. So we felt like the Lord was leading us in that way. Then, you know, many of you have been asking and we know and we've been talking about, Lord, we want what you want. That's been our phrase. We want what you want. And some of you have not really liked that phrase because you've come up to me and say, hey, Pastor Raphael. What do you want? And I say, oh, we we want what God wants, right? But I have to be honest, that has not been entirely true. Just have to be transparent because um, we have been in a struggle with the Lord as far as as actually wanting what he wants. You know, when when we first were making that decision of of saying, do we we say yes to this interim season? Um, I was talking to my sister, my younger sister. And she had this word for me. She said, uh, I feel like the Lord is just saying, guard your heart. And I was like, okay. You know, she's not highly prophetic, you know, not like my other sister who she thinks she's Isaiah the prophet. She wants to call fire from heaven on everybody. So, 
But she said that, and it didn't really make sense in the moment. You, you receive those words sometimes, and you're like, and I said, well, I'll put it in my back pocket, and we'll think through that, and guard your heart. So um, I started thinking through that, and, and as we say yes, and we started to move along, I realized, okay, there's something here in my heart. We know that the, the Bible says that, you know, the, the heart is, is desperately wicked above all things, and that from the heart flows the issues of life. And so... Um, it was on Wednesday night, September 12th, and I was sitting right here, and one of our team members, uh, Gabriela Lee, she's a small group leader, and she's a church planter in training, and she came and gave me this word. She written it down and said, Pastor Rafael, I hope this, this is accurate, and she gave it to me, and I opened it, and right at the top, it said that God was saying, give me this cup, and as I read those words, I broke down because I knew exactly what God was asking of me. And he was saying, say to me, not my will, but yours be done. That's what he was asking of me. And in that moment, that evening, I could not say that to him. I could not say, not my will, but yours be done. I couldn't. And I tried and I break down crying and I just couldn't say it. So at that moment, I realized there was something wrong right here. There was something that was preventing me from actually being able to say, not my will, but yours be done. And I went home and I was talking to Victoria and she says, he was like, wait a minute, like you couldn't physically say it? I said, exactly. Like I can't say it. I couldn't say it. And so we started to pray in that direction and asking God to, to deal with me, right? Because it is not what I want, but it's what he wants. And so, you know, we began to talk about this and Victoria and I now are in a com in complete surrender. And the Lord spoke this phrase to us and it's been now our, our phrase is what we say to one another and it is palms up, right? Like this. So whenever we're getting a little frustrated or don't know what's next and no one know what God is doing, she will either tell me or I'll tell her, hey, palms up. You know, sometimes we say, you need to hold things loosely, right? But God is asking us to be in a season where we don't hold anything loosely. We hold it completely open-handed. Meaning that he can take away and that he can add as he pleases. So it is with this that I want to share with you this morning that we have decided to ask the board to remove our name or my name from consideration as lead pastor here. And I know some of you have shared your words and you have and, and it has really encouraged me and blessed me of your confidence in the abilities that Lord, the Lord has given me in my relationship with Jesus. And I love that. But why am I saying this? It's not because the board of asking me. It's not because my wife is asking me. It's because the Lord has spoken. And he has said this to me. He has said, Raphael, your assignment has not changed. What does that mean? That I will continue to serve here as he needs me to serve. I will continue to serve here as interim pastor and I will continue to serve as executive pastor once our lead pastor has been identified. You know, and so what does this all mean? It is not about my abilities. Can I do this job? Sure. I feel like I can. You know, and my wife reminded me, she's like, you know, that sounds very like, you know, I said, I know, honey. I need Jesus. I know that I can't do it on my own. And it's not an easy assignment. 
But I feel like, yeah, I could do it. But it's not about my abilities. It's not about my giftings. It's not about what I feel I can do. It has to be about what God wants to do here at Good News Church. <laughs> Pastor Walt made a decision being led by the Spirit of God that I didn't understand at the time. And now we're making a decision being led by the Spirit of God that some of you may not fully understand. And we're just asking you to like... With us, join us to saying palms up. So good news, church, palms up. Amen. I want to, sh- I want to share this scripture with you. Out of Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, that says this. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness, in lowliness of mind, let each Esteem others better than himself. Let each, each one look out not only for your own interest, but for the interest of others. So I want you to think about that. It's not about what you want. It's not about what, what I want. It's about others. And God has others in mind. Those that will be coming to the kingdom and coming to the knowledge of Christ and being transformed. So God already has a plan. Amen. All right. So as part of this uh, update, pastoral search update, Dr. Deli Davis is going to join us and he's going to give us the rest of the update. Thank you, church. You must be really encouraged to know that we have godly men and women leading this church. You know, I'm very encouraged because I know that God is the one who's guiding everybody. Pastor Walt acted with honor and dignity. Pastor Raphael is doing the same thing. It takes courage to give in to what your flesh is telling you and to say, palms up, palms up. And I I really would like Victoria to come join me. I'd like to pray for Pastor Raphael and Victoria for the excellent job that they're doing. Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you, Lord, for Pastor Raphael and Victoria. We thank you, Lord, that you have put them in this church for such a time like this. Lord, you know their heart. Father, you love them. Father, we thank you that we know that the plans that you have for them, they're plans of good and not of evil. They're plans to prosper them and not to harm them. And they are plans to give them a great future and a hope. And Lord, we thank you that as you're just showing Pastor Raphael and Victoria this role that you want them to continue to play in this church. Father, it's not a trivial role. It is an assignment. And we thank you, Lord, that you fully equip them for this assignment that you have given them. Father, we know that every part of the body is equal. Every part of the body is important. And we thank you, Lord, for the importance that you have shown, Pastor Raphael, in the role that he's already playing. And we give you all the glory. Thank you for him. Thank you for Victoria. Thank you for all the pastors, the directors, the staff of this extraordinary church where your spirit is leading. And we know, Lord, that because of that, we can never go wrong. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have extraordinary pastors. And thank you again, Pastor Raphael, for your courage. I also want to thank you on behalf of the deacons. For those of you, we know many of you have been praying for the church. And we know many of you have been praying for us, and we appreciate it, because we know that God has a plan. He has a vision. He has a purpose. 
When Pastor Walt was leaving, he was very clear that God has great plans for this church. In fact, what he said was, God is going to show more in this church in the next 80 years than he has done in the 80 years of existence of this church. That's something, something to give glory to God for. And so, because God has said this, he knows who's going to do this, right? God knows that. And we have men and women of God who are asking that God reveal that to them. We as a board of deacons, we have been meeting every week for an hour and a half. Sometimes we meet two or three times a week because our goal is to identify who this person is. During our meetings, we have been meeting with the staff. We've been talking to the district. We've been praying. Every, every one of us is committed to praying at least one day a week for this process. And we do not want to choose the person any one of us may favor, but we want to favor the one God has chosen. Amen. So it's not about ability. It's not about, you know, Pastor Raphael said he can do the job. He's doing the job, right? So it's not about, ab about ability. It's about assignment. Okay, I'll say that again. It's not about ability. It's about assignment. Who has God assigned to lead good news through the next season? Let me tell you that Jacob had 11 sons. One of them was assigned to be the one to deliver the children of Israel from starvation and become second in command in Egypt. The other one was assigned, Judah, to be the forerunner of the future Messiah, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So even though Judah might have been thinking, why not me? Why not me? When Joseph was the one who was in Egypt, God said, I have another assignment for you. Do not despise the assignment God has given you. And I want all of us to say palms up. Palms up. Our desire is for everybody in this church to know what the assignment is that God has given you for Good News Church. That means that God already knows who the pastor will be. And we're working towards the revelation of that person. We have been looking at the results of the church survey as I noted, we've been talking to the pastors and the staff. We've decided what our church values are. And we have also developed a screening process based on what we consider our church values. We have a prospectus for internal and external candidates who might be interested in this position. We're now entering a critical stage where we're beginning to screen internal and external candidates. We have identified a consultant, Mr. Dick Hardy, who has strong experiences with AG churches. He has over 33 years of experience with AG churches and is nationally known for guiding pastoral searches as a consultant. He has been recommended to us by the Assemblies of God District and others to guide us as we go through this process of screening. But as we enter this critical phase, we have a major request for you as a church body. We need you now to join us during the month of February in total prayer and fasting. This is a season where we all must be united as one to make sure that we have palms up. It's not about who you like. Okay, when David, when David's father, when Samuel went to David's father and said, I am here to find the anointed one, there were seven older brothers who all in intents and purposes looked like the anointed one. But Get said, no, 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 
No, no, because he had an assignment for King David. It's not about their ability. Many of them were capable, but it was not their assignment. So we need you to be united as one as we come into this month of February to pray and fast. And we want to choose the one God has anointed, not the one who can do the job. We encourage you to trust God and to trust the deacons as God works through us to let you know who that person is. Now, some of you will be disappointed, right? That's the nature. There can only be one pastor. And if everybody knew who that was, we'll be, say, would have sort of had them here and we'll be done. But we want who God wants. Pastor Jason will come in a minute to explain about the fasting and praying and what, what we're considering for you to do. But I just want to encourage you that when God's men and women and children choose to fast and pray, God shows up. When Queen Esther heard that he, her whole race, the Israelites, were going to be annihilated because of the jealousy of Haman, she decreed a three-day fast, and destiny was changed. When king, the king of Assyria wanted to invade Jerusalem, and he was bragging and boasting about how excellent he was, and no, no other god has ever saved any kingdom, when the kingdom of the children of Israel turned to God and prayed, they turned on each other, the enemy turned on each other, and the children of Israel were saved. When Jesus was about to begin his ministry, he spent 40 days in the wilderness fasting and praying, during which he was filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and that was the beginning of his transformational ministry. The devil could not condemn him, the devil could not convince him to say something negative. He stood firm because he had gone through that time of seeking God's face in prayer and fasting. So I just want to turn to Isaiah 58, verses 8 to 9 and 11, to tell you what happens when we fast according to God's prescribed way. I encourage you to actually read the whole chapter in your time to tell you how God says the kind of fasting he has ordained. But I'm just going to read these two verses here. It said, then when we fast and pray, then our light will break forth like the dawn and our healing will quickly appear. Then our righteousness will go before us, and the glory of the Lord will be our rear guard. Then we will call, and the Lord will answer. We will cry for help, and he will say, here I am. We, Good News Church, will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fill. We know I know, we believe that God has a special plan for Good News Church. And he has someone who will lead this church according to his will and his purpose. And we are confident about that. But we need you to join and unite with us, church, as we go through this process. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Testing. Thank you. Just want to take a moment to welcome all of our guests here uh, for Celebration Sunday. How many guests do we have? Would you raise your hand? Anybody? Good to have you. Awesome. The, the reason why we say that is really this is a family meeting today. Anybody ever had a family meeting and you know something needs to be discussed? It's usually because nobody's doing the chores and we need to discuss roles and things like that. Well, this is our engagement with the body to talk about what we need to do in order to position ourselves to hear from the Lord. 
And we think there's power in corporate pr uh, prayer and fasting, and we want to be able to do that starting in February. Now, I do want to say a couple of things, though. Um, I don't know that, that a lot of people here recognize uh, what kind of board we're working with. Um, Dick Hardy works with churches all over the United States, and he said this is one of, if not the top board he has ever seen. And that, that's high, high praise, but also understand the high pressure that they're under. Uh, I, as I think back, it's almost been five months since Pastor Walt stepped away. Um, I think he would be extremely proud of our church. I think he would be, this is what he designed, that not one person ran this church, that he empowered his leaders, he empowered his church, he empowered his board to lead the way they were supposed to, and the church has continued. That speaks highly of every person in this place. I, it's really impressive, y'all. I've been through transitions. Uh, as a matter of fact, we stepped into a transition 12 years ago when Chris and I came. Jobs were being replaced, and, and uh, I think about seven to 800 people left. It was, uh, it, it, it was something else. So this transition has been handled incredibly well. I think the structure... Uh, of our church is in great hands. Our leadership team, who are leaders, leaders want to move. And we're waiting because that's what the Lord has asked us to do. And so I just want to tell everybody I'm really proud of you. I don't know if that means anything, but this, this is a, a really kind of incredible moment that our church is healthy and we've been without a lead pastor for five months. And that speaks to also Pastor Raphael's leadership. So So our, our service today is, is going to be a very brief message. And everybody said, that's right. So we've got three points that we're going to cover and then we're going to pray and we're actually going to break up into groups and we're going to pray some prayer points. And then we're going to be gearing up for the month of February to pray and to fast. So if you have mints and gum, be ready to use those because we're going to pray together uh, as a group. All right. So if everybody would stand. We're going to go to Luke 18, one through eight. This is in the new King James version. And this is the parable of the persistent widow. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart saying there was in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said with it himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continually coming to me, she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them, though he bears long with them. There is a time frame that is outside of our time frame. But God knows what he is doing. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you lead us and guide us through your Holy Spirit. Thank you that your character never changes. We trust you. We look to you. We expect you to answer because you hear, you see, and you respond in Jesus name. Amen. And everybody may be seated. So three principles that we see in this text, we won't be able to go into the contextual 
um, go deep into context today, but we are going to just discuss the principles. In verse 1, I think this is basically a standalone verse. Even if we didn't have the other seven verses, it says that we ought to pray and not lose heart. And when you read something like that, then you understand the other side of that is not everybody's going to pray and we may lose heart. And I think that's, that's humanity. I think that is uh, environment. I think that it, people are prone to not follow through and not to stand in faith and not to continue going. How many of you had uh, new year's resolutions? How many didn't even try anymore to have a new year's resolution? Cause you knew you wouldn't follow through. This is the human condition. And so I, I, I think we see a pattern though also is here is what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to pray. We are supposed to not lose heart. And I find for myself personally that when I stop praying because I get busy or because the world is weighing me down or I am disappointed or I'm frustrated that because I'm not praying, I tend to lose heart. And then I find when I'm disappointed by life, when I begin to lose heart, I stop praying. And I just think this is a natural response sometimes. And Jesus is saying, because they are under Roman occupation. They're under an oppressive regime. And he's saying, you ought not stop praying and lose heart. This is something that we are not supposed to quit praying and lose heart. And how many would be honest and say, I've, I've lost heart before. I've gone through a difficulty. I've been disappointed. I got hurt. I felt like God didn't answer my prayer. Some of you guys have been praying for 10 and 20 and 30 years over something. And part of you wants to stop. And God is saying, don't give up. Don't stop. Keep praying. Keep interacting because prayer is relational and believe what God is going to do. This season in our church, you know, it's only been five months, but it has also been five months, which is a long time. And sometimes the, the, we'd rather react to the situation than respond in faith to a situation. And we want to make sure that we're praying. We want to make sure that we're uh, asking for the right person to come in, the right leadership, because it's always more than the leader, you guys. It's always about the future of the church that God sees. So it's not about a skill set. It's not just a personality. There's something that new that God wants to do. If Pastor Walt said he could not take the church further, then the next person has to have the ability and the anointing and the calling to take it further. Okay. We should pray and not lose heart. Number two, God is good. All the time. God is good. All the time. Okay. You need to keep telling yourself this. Because how many know that everything in life is telling you the opposite? There's always tension when the things that we desire and we want and the reality of our situation collide. But God is always good. And I love, I love Jesus. He is a master storyteller. He is trying to create tension with this story between a widow and an unjust judge. A widow has no power, especially in that time. Probably had no money, may have no family, may have no friends, may have no options. 
And he presents her in a place where she's going to an ungodly man, does not believe in God, doesn't look to God and doesn't care about people. So this is somebody that doesn't have compassion, doesn't have mercy, doesn't care what happens. And here she is powerless going toward this powerful, unjust person. He's creating the tension and he's going, if her persistence for vindication, that's what that word means, that you would avenge me, vindicate me in this, this situation. If an unjust judge would respond to her just because she is so persistent, how much more a heavenly father that actually looks out after us. Even when things are outside of our control, we can position ourselves through persistent prayer. There's one thing that, that I, I think Luke 18 in, in this set of verses, he's trying to remind his disciples of something he had taught them in Luke 11 about the nature of God. In Luke 11, it says that, you know, he's talking to Jewish people and he's saying, listen, you know that you're basically evil. And if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father, who's perfect, will give good gifts to you and the Holy Spirit. And he's reminding them again of the character and the nature of God. I know that sometimes what the enemy wants to do, if if, if he wants to challenge you or he he wants to, to shake you, he begins to get you to question the nature of God. Is God really good? Right in the garden. Did God really say he's just wanting to withhold from you? I think in, in my life, I've watched a pattern and sometimes my experience has framed my belief. The disappointments in my life, the frustrations of my life sometimes has, has colored the way that I see the world and, and God's, God's response. Anybody else? Well, it, God didn't respond there, so he probably won't respond over here. If God is so good, and sometimes we really struggle with what we're going through, but the goal is to remind yourself that God is just, God is good. His character never changes. What I've learned to do is Hebrews 6 talks about um, something that no matter what I'm going through, I'll always come back to. And it's talking about the, the anchor of the soul. It says that God cannot lie. And if he offers a promise and he cannot lie, he's going to bring it to pass. That is the anchor of our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. Where does the enemy attack us? In our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so what I do is when I look at scenarios or situations or things that I thought would have already happened by now or come to pass, I come back and I go... God is faithful. His word is true. His character is unchanging. He will do it the way that he wants to do it. And I'll trust him in that. And that's our response. We trust God, his leading. And we trust the board. We trust what God wants to do here. This is his church. Pastor Walt used to say that all the time. This is his church. And if, if you look at this, have you, have you guys looked around? This is a very unique place, y'all. You don't see this everywhere. You don't see it in Nebraska. 
For sure. You may see it in New York, but this is, this is an international place. This is something special that God has asked us to steward, but this is his church and we'll trust him with it. Well, thank you for that. That was very kind. And then three, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith in this moment? And for me, you know, faith, there's probably a lot of different definitions of faith. For me, I just put together a couple of simple thoughts to help us define faith. The definition of faith is to believe that God will bring about his will in all areas of our lives. Okay. God will do what he wants, the way he wants. And my job is to obey and trust him in the way he goes about it. How many, if you were God would have done it differently, right? Don't we say that all the time? Well, if I was God, I would have done it this way. And that's why you're not God. And you're probably close to being a moron. So thank God that you're not God. But how many know there's God delays? There are God delays. And a lot of times what happens is God is, God is sovereign. That means he allows us to have choice. He allows us to make our own free will decisions, but he's still in charge and in control. Okay. So if you make a mistake, he's not wringing his hands going, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? He's in charge. He's got this right. But sometimes he delays. There's something else that he's wanting to come together. There's a, a, a time frame that he sees and there's a, a delay. So usually what happens is he allows us to see what's in our heart in these delays. It, it talks about in, in the Old Testament, it's one of the first five books of the Bible, Pentateuch. Sorry. Uh, I, I want to say it's like Exodus or, or Deuteronomy. And he says, I took you through the wilderness so that you would find out what's in your heart. A lot of times these, these delays reveal what we believe and what's in our heart. Here's what I want you to, to remember and why I'm so impressed by this church. Because the first go around here, we stepped into, I told you, it was six to 700 people who left. We're about the same number now. Incredibly um, impressed by that. Because that, that speaks to maturity. It also speaks to faith. Because faith remains. Faith is unmoved. Faithlessness. Faithlessness leaves. It departs. And it stops. And so our, our job and our goal is to remain faithful. Because we know that he is faithful. Bible even says, if we're not faithful, he'll be faithful because he can't deny himself. So he's going to be faithful to this house. So here's what we're going to do. And one other thing, I put it in my notes just to make sure. Don't try to manipulate God with your words. Well, you said, this is what the word, and we try to manipulate God. This is what you do. You come into alignment with the word and you go, God, this is what your word declares. And this is what I choose to believe. You do it the way that you need to, because I know that you'll come through. Now, as we move into February, we are asking that everybody in here, if you, if you call yourself uh, a, a good news, um, faithful attender, and you want to be part of this, we're asking you to fast and pray. And we're going to let you decide what you want to fast. There's different types of fast in the Bible. There is a no food fast. There is a Daniel fast where you eat uh, fruits and vegetables. There is no such thing as a no broccoli fast because nobody wants to eat broccoli anyway, and it doesn't count. But you... You've got five or six days to eat as much cake and ice cream and hamburgers and just get so sick of it that you go, God, I'm not going to eat cake and ice cream and burgers. We're asking you to pick something to fast.
The goal is not to go without food. The goal is when you deny yourself physically, you're saying, God, I'm hungry spiritually and I'm connecting to you. And then one other thing, usually when you fast, when you set something aside, it helps to set aside distractions, social media, um, TV, anything that, that steals your time that you can give to God and pray and, and ask the Lord to do his will in this church and to lead and guide and to speak, but really it's for you to draw close to him, to your creator. And he speaks. We know that. We have a prayer journal, if you will. It's 14 verses. 14 verses. Did everybody get this handout? Okay. We're asking that you would partner with us every single day. You can pray one verse a day for 14 days, and then we'll start over for the entire month of February. Or you can pick one or two or three of the verses that most stand out to you and pray them every day. We just want you engaged in the process of this fasting and prayer. There's something powerful about corporate prayer when people are in, uh, united in praying in one direction with God. And so we ask that you would, uh, starting February 1st, start this with us, pray, select something to fast, and let's stay with it until God answers. So here's what we're going to do this morning. Uh, three of us are going to lead us in corporate prayer. So I'm going to lead you in a, a prayer in just a minute. We're going to pray that this is a city on a hill. And then you're going to turn around when I'm done. And you're going to shake hands. And you guys are going to pray the same thing in your group. And we're going to do that several times. We believe there's something powerful about the body responding. And so we're going to do that this morning. If you would stand with me. If you don't have one of these, raise your hand. Let's see if we can get the ushers to bring this to you. And if you do have it, we're going to go to point number 12. We're going to pray and believe that good news would be a city on a hill. And this is what the scripture says. It says, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Matthew 5, 14. We're going to pray that we would be a church that shines the light of God's glory to all people. A place where people experience salvation, love, hope, and healing. This is an incredible church. This is a very unique church. This is a regional church. We believe what God is doing in here should spill out into the community to make a difference. And that's what we're going to pray. So, Father, we thank you for Good News Church. We pray, God, that the people in this place, God, would use their gifts and their talents and the abilities, God, to bring change to the surrounding area. That your name would be proclaimed. That love would flow out of this place. That healing would flow out of this place. That this would be an equipping center the way that you have promised, God. That healing would take place. And mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, God, that healing would flow out of this place, God. We pray that people would be developed, empowered, God, and sent out of this place. We love this church, God. And we pray that your anointing and your hand would rest upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now turn around and you guys just form a group and begin to pray that this is a city on a hill.
going to begin to transition to point number one. Point number one, praying that Good News Church would embrace the new thing God has planned for this family of believers. Isaiah, 30, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, it reads, Forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. As we worship you, Father, we pray that we will prepare our hearts, Lord, for what you're going to do to us. Do through us and do with us here at Good News Church. Lord God, we pray that we will not... Uh, wait for you to begin to do something because you said in your word you're doing it already. We pray that we will look to you, Lord God. We pray that we will press into you like never before for the new thing that you're going to do. We pray that we would recognize, Lord God, we would build on the foundation, the solid foundation that you have already laid in the past so that we would be even more open and ready to receive the perfect will, your perfect will, Lord God, as we go forward, Lord God, and recognize that you're doing something new every day in in our lives, Lord God, in our families, in our homes, in our church, in the community, Lord. We pray that we would embrace it as we fix our eyes on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Turn to those you're praying with and begin to pray into the new thing that God is doing already. Good News Church. As you continue to pray, we're going to pray for a pure move of God's spirit. Pray that good news would be a holy habitation, a dwelling place for God's manifested presence. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your presence. Thanking you for good news, church. You've called us to be saints, to be salt, to be light in Omaha and around the world. As we lift our voices in one accord, we recognize that you're a God and that everything was made by you and for you. We call into being those things that be not as though they were. We thank you that you, that we speak 
the same thing. That there's no division among us. We are perfectly joined together in the same mind. Grant unto your representatives here at Good News Church a boldness to speak your word, which you will confirm with signs following. We thank you that you have a lead pastor for Good News Church, a person of your choosing. We thank you that each department operates in the excellence of ministry and intercession. We are a people of love, as love is shut abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We thank you that the word of God is living big in all of us, and Jesus Christ is Lord. We are laborers together with God. We are a supernatural church, composed of supernatural people, doing supernatural things. We thank you for your presence among us. We lift our hearts and our hands in praise to your holy name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Begin to pray unto that in Jesus' name, that God's presence will be manifested among us. In Jesus' name, amen. you Lord prayer is music to God's ears thank you Lord church can I have your attention for just a second sometimes we don't think about it this way but really history is in in the making we get to partner with God about the future the next seven years that pastor Walden told him something for the next seven years to do some incredible things and we get to partner with God to see that happen and so make sure that we're diligent make sure that we're following what um, the design that we set out for February make sure you give up something 
and seek the face of God because we know he's going to respond and he's going to answer because our God always answers. And so we celebrate today. We're so glad you guys chose to be here, all of our guests. We love what God is doing at Good News Church and history is in the making. God bless you guys. Love you all.